Last week we started out with a little bit of Q&A and a little bit of interaction. So you weren't here, you probably don't know what I'm talking about. So last year I asked a question and people get responses back because uh, I talked about during the pandemic, there was just a, uh, a stillness or even a staleness that kind of settled in. And then now teachers are seeing like this, this lack of response, lack of response. And it's kind of coming back, but not really. But I want to go and do that again. Last week, you know, we talked about um, why do people just struggle with making commitments or even keeping commitments, right? And we gave answers back and forth. This one's a little bit lighter, right? So we talk about your favorite coach or your favorite teacher. Um, what are the characteristics or the virtues uh, that you saw in them or are they just impressed upon you that may, makes them your favorite? Like, what were those? Again, raising hands, thank you, Cordell. Make you feel seen, right? It's a beautiful thing. It's a great one. Thank you. Very encouraging. Encouragement. Um, caring. Caring. Loving. Loving. Very spiritual leader. Spiritual leader. Humble. Humble. Nobody else have a favorite coach or teacher? Yes. They're excited about what they're trying to teach you. Yeah, there's a, there's a joy, there's an excitement, there's an energy, right? Um, no offense to people who just don't have that, but it does help, right? They're tough. They're tough, right? They don't, they don't back down. They push you and enable you to do things you didn't think you could do. Yeah, they see something in you that you don't see yourself, right? They draw it out of you, which is actually what the word education comes from in the Latin, educare, which means to draw out the humanity, draw out the virtues, that, that would make, which makes us good. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge gift if you can do that, right? Because, like, I don't know, you've been in a classroom where just people are complaining the whole time as you're paying money to go to school, and they're complaining about going to class. It's like, if you have a teacher who can, who can get past that stuff, that's a huge gift. Anything else? Yes. Confidence. Confidence, right? Which comes from the, word, the Latin con meaning with and fide meaning faith. With, with faith or with trust, right? They trust in themselves. They trust in what God has given them. Um, I just bring that up because, you know, just very simply, the Sadducees, um, or I should say rather the Pharisees today, they, they gather around, they're trying to trick Jesus, like, good luck, right? He's God, so it's probably not going to work too well, but they say teacher. That's what they call him. He's just a teacher, and don't we hear that often with who God is and what Christianity is? Oh, it's just another one of those religions, but a, a, a good teacher would be like, this is, like, not the case at all, right? So we're in this series right now of like living without regrets and so often we, we we have so many but we the invitation is to see who jesus is and he's he's different than anyone and so is christianity no other religion says that god became a person <laughs> and also that he he came to to win us back to reveal the father's love to us that we matter that much to the father that he was winning to take on sin to take on what separates us from god to like they just think he's just some, some guy, right? But he's got something about him, something that's attractive, right? And they say, which commandment in the law is the greatest? And Jesus knows the scriptures. He's going back to Deuteronomy. But he says three words. I think the Lord wants to impress upon us today. He, first words that Jesus says are, you shall love. It's just that simple, but it's yet that complicated. Like the Lord didn't come to make our lives more complicated. Like it's much easier when you have a narrow aim, right? Good, good teachers have that. They, they, they focus on the goal. They focus on the goal. They focus on the goal. They remind you of the goal. They remind you of the goal. They remind you of the goal because they say that 
Repetition is the mother of all teachers, right? And good teachers know that. So first thing is you shall love. And to know that love is not a feeling primarily. Our, our world is like very caught up in the feels. Like uh, I went to church today or I prayed today. I, I felt nothing, so God must not love me. Let's just look at the practical level. Like, I don't know, you, do you say that you love your parents? Do you say you love a sport, but do you always feel like loving them or going to practice? No, but you do because the love is, is deeper than feelings. And the Lord's saying very, much, very closely to us. First of all, he said, you should love the Lord, your God, with all your heart. That means you live without regrets. You're, you're all in. And all your soul and with all your mind, you, you've thought about these things before, you've, you've contemplated these things before, you've, you've looked at all the other options and found them wanting. And he says, this is, this is the greatest commandment. So that means every day I should be asking myself, what should I do? And it's, you shall love. So I go into practice, I go into the classroom, I go wherever I go to go work out, whatever I'm doing, my goal should be to love. And that's like totally antithetical to what the world teaches us. One of my greatest teachers, my favorite teachers, ninth grade in physics class, Dr. Edward Wyram Beck. It's kind of a mouthful to say. He's actually from Oshkosh. Uh, but he just said one thing that it, always, it, just, it just hit me so hard. Uh, it took a long time to go on the elevator from my head to my heart, right? The longest journey in life. It took about 10 years before I knew what he was saying. But he said, if you get anything out of this class, this is it. So listen up. And he said, there's just two types of people in this world people that live for themselves and people that live for others. There's two types of people in this world, people that live for themselves and people that live for others. He said, my hope is that you just become a man or a woman who lives for others. Like one thing I think of quality of, of, of coaches or teachers that impressed upon me is they had time for me. Like I, they, they, I mattered to them. When I was in a low spot or a high spot, if I was in a low spot, they'd, they'd call me out of it, you know, call me up, love me up, right? Or if I was getting too prideful, they weren't afraid to say, you are out of your lane, right? But they weren't concerned about themselves. They're concerned about my well-being and, and, and how I was being formed, right? And that, that's not an easy thing. We just did a series a little while ago on like embracing conflict. Like that is so hard to go to someone who annoys you and just say, you're kind of driving me bananas right now. I don't even really want to be around you, but I have to tell you this because you you're doing these certain things and it makes me feel uncomfortable. Have you had someone, someone come to you and actually tell you the truth that like to help you grow in self-awareness, that's one thing that fraternal correction does. It helps you grow in self-awareness and that's, it's afflicting. It, it afflicts you, which was St. Saint, Saint Paul talking about in his letter to Thessalonians. He says, receiving the word, he said, as you became imitators of us and of the Lord, receiving the word in great affliction with joy from the Holy Spirit. Affliction, I'm being afflicted. It's like, I, I know I need to change, but that's fun, but I, I kind of want to do that, but I know the Lord's calling me higher. And that, but he's saying like, you're called to be a model too. So I'd say a good thing, a, a, a good quality in teachers as well is they make you want to teach. They make you want to share what you've learned and give it, give it to others. It's not primarily for myself, it's for others. Some, some of my um, greatest encounters, I'll tell you one of my, my first one I had with Father Mike Schmitz because everyone seems to know who he is. 
I was at the Seek conference, like we're, we're promoting Seek. I was at my first one in Orlando because my, my best friend in seminary invited me to go. He was a focused missionary. And I went there and I was walking and I'm like, oh, there's Father Mike. And I, I, I don't get um, how some people get, they get kind of crazy around like celebrities. Father Mike's kind of a celebrity priest. But I saw him and I, I said to him, hey, great to meet you. I really appreciate what you're doing for the church. But I just have one question. What do you do, do, do to prepare for your homilies? Like, how are you so effective? Like, what do, what do you do? And he told me two things. He said, the first thing I do is, is I read anything that Pope Benedict writes. And I was like, score, big Benny fan. And then the other thing he said, he said, sometimes I pray and I pray. And I just get nothing. And the Lord draws me to tears before some, he gives me something to preach on. And then he, and then he, he, he was, as he was talking, he said to me, he's like, what's that on your wrist? Oh, you, you've been consecrated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. You've done Marian consecration. What's your consecration date? And he's like, that's like one of the best decisions I've ever made. And I, my consecration date was like a little bit over a year before that. Um, consecrated means be set apart for a holy purpose. And, and, and the thing about Marian consecration, as, as him and I were talking, is it helps you live the gospel. It helps you love others. Because the second commandment, Jesus says, is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And that's like the hard thing to do, right? I would say the reason why a lot of us struggle with loving others is because we don't love ourselves. I remember being in seminary, I've shared this story before, but I was with a little short priest, an Irish priest. We're in line to go to, to get food, and his name's Father Joseph Moriarty. And he always called me son, right? He said, son... Do you love yourself? And I was speechless. Because I, I didn't. Like the Lord can love me, but I can't love myself. But that's also why I couldn't love my neighbor, right? Like there's, there's nothing in us that's unlovable. There's nothing in us that is unlovable especially when we love the Lord with all our heart, mind, body, and soul. To love is to, is to will the good of the other, and that's one thing that good coaches, good teachers do is they're not asking what's in it for me. They're asking how can I do what's best for them without counting the cost, without having expectations that I get something out of this. Like, how can I, how can I t let, let, let them know that they are, they are loved, they are valued, they are wanted, they are desired? And some of the people that are on this campus, and maybe it's even you sitting here today, like, we just don't believe that we, we're lovable. And that's just a lie from the pit of hell. That's not of God. Because it doesn't make any sense to love the Lord, your God, who is love, with all your heart, mind, body, and soul, when I'm thinking, I'm just trash. Talk about that last week, right? I'm, I'm, I'm damaged goods, right? I'm too far gone. If other people knew me or the Lord knew me, which he does, um, they'd find something in me, that, in me that's disgusting or something that's dirty or wrong or bad. And that's good teachers would never do that. They would always help you see yourself as, as, as God sees you. Again, as St. Paul said, like, to be an imitator and then to be a model, like, that's, 
something, it's, it's, it's calling us all higher on this campus to know that, first of all, if you struggle with that, you're not alone. Like there's not a worse feeling, I would say, in college. I feel like I'm the only person who struggles with this. But when you come around good teachers and they see something, you sometimes you're like, why do you, why do you care about me? Some of the best people I've met in my life is, is they would just, just say, the Lord's been so good to me, so I have to be good back. And, and if you don't love yourself, if, that, if that's you here today, I just want to say there's hope for you. Like right now on campus, as far as my knowledge goes, depression rates are at like 45%. People that are depressed have told me they think it's higher. But one thing the gospel does, the good news of Jesus Christ does, the God who is love, what, what he does through, his, through for us is, is he gives us hope. And hope means there's, there's like, I can, I can change. Change can happen. And when you read the lives of the saints, some of them were in some very dark places, but the Lord brought them out. But one thing as we look at the lives of the saints is, I talk about Father Mike and Mary in consecration. Almost all of them had a devotion to Mary. They all had this sense of, of, of God giving flesh, been giving flesh through Mary. Like she had so much pressure on her because she could have said no, but she said yes. And that's where this, this devotion of, of consecrating oneself to, to Jesus through Mary comes from. And that's like one of the best things that was a good teacher taught me. He was a musician. His name was Joe Zambone. I remember I was, I was preparing. There's a group of people getting ready for Marian consecration um, over the summertime. And he just said, don't expect it to be easy. Because if, if this is, he said, if this is something that, that's going to change your life, because, I, again, I was struggling with this idea that I'm not lovable, if this is something that's going to change your life, the devil doesn't want you to know the truth. He's going to throw everything in the kitchen sink and the couch or whatever you want to throw in there your way. But what did I, what did I gain back when I, when I did this marrying consecration? Like one thing I gained back was my childhood. Like I didn't know what it meant to be a child of God. Just let, let, let the Lord hold me, let him take care of me and to know who he truly is and to, to start living in the truth that I am lovable, that I am, I am lovable and, and I, I can do this. Like that, that there was freedom there. But the one thing is I, I learned with any good coach and any good teachers is the ones that could, could bring people together is, that, is, is I didn't have to do it on my own anymore. So there's a thing like when you, when you get like one of these chains, once you do the marrying consecration, everyone says like, what's your consecration date? What's your consecration date, right? And, and, you, and you share that, but it's, again, it's not just like for priests. It's not just for saints. It's, it's for all of us. I just, just want to end with uh, what we're going to be starting next week, Thursday, is, is we're going to begin marrying consecration. to give ourselves totally to Jesus through Mary, which is how Jesus came through Mary, right? Because maybe you struggle with loving God. Like it's just like you want to put him first, but every single day things get in the way. You have idols, right? Like St. Paul talked about today. Or there's just, I, I try to love in my heart, but there's just some, there's some blockade. There's something in the way. 
And I guarantee you, Mary can help you with that. Or like, there's just confusion in my mind. Like, why, did, why, Lord? Just, just why is just the question. And she can definitely help you with that. Or maybe you're like me. It's just hard to love other people. Even though, now that I know that the Lord, like, like I am lovable, the question is, why, why don't I love them? Why don't I do what's best for them without counting the cost? And one thing that I, I appreciate about, about good teachers, um, especially that one I had in ninth grade, was just willing to tell me the truth, but being patient enough to not expect me to change like right away, right? And maybe you're a person sitting here today, like I totally live all for myself. That was my story before I encountered the Lord, before I started trying to love him with all my heart, mind, body, and soul. But I try to love, love others more than I love myself. And if you're concerned about the mental health in this campus, if you're concerned about um, depression rates, the question I'd ask you is, what are you going to do about it? You have enough finger pointing going on, I think, right? But the question is, like, what am I, what am I going to do about it? And one thing you can do and encourage you to, to consider is doing the Marian consecration. St. John Paul II, who we talked about last week, he said that this was a turning point in his life. It was a turning point. And I think that's, that's where we're all called, is to make a turning point. We're halfway through the semester. And I think the, the invitation is to finish stronger than we started it. Often we come in with so much zeal, so much hope, excitement, and then week after week, things start stacking up. And I think some of us are, are just like, I just need some help. And that's what Mary brings. She brings the help of God, the grace of God, in ways we, we can't imagine. Because she's the ultimate model, guys. No one modeled a life of following Jesus better than Mary. And if we can see her as, a, as that role model and mother, I guarantee you we'll see the conversion of this campus. I, I can't stand seeing depression rates where they're at, mental health, health illness where it's at. And Marian consecration is like one of the, I'd say, one of the best decisions I've ever made. I would say like, for sure, accepting the call of the priesthood, Marian consecration, and I always say kind of jokingly, getting an F-150, right? So I, I drive that. But, um, but I, I, bought a, I bought a truck to serve. I didn't buy it for myself so I could be cool, right? So who are you? Are you someone who lives for yourself or are you someone who lives for others? If you've done the Marian consecration before, would you offer up your Marian consecration for others who are suffering? And maybe see what life looks like when I'm not constantly thinking about myself. I'm actually looking at how can I love my neighbor? And if you struggle with feeling like you're unlovable, unworthy, dirty, tainted, whatever it is, we're called to do it every single Mass is put it all on the altar. So we sing the song, Lay It Down. I don't have it figured out. It's not going so hot. So I ask you to take care of it, God. And that's actually what it looks like to know how to love like you shall love. And that one of the greatest acts of love is to give everything over to God, to let him help you so you can love your neighbor as yourself. So you can love the Lord your God, all your heart, mind, body, and soul. So we just take a moment of silence and pause. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to fall upon us. Please help us love this week. 
with all our heart, mind, body, and soul. And please help us love our neighbor as ourself. And I ask you in a special way, O Holy Spirit, to deliver our community from the lie that we are unlovable. And ask you, Mother Mary, to come close to us, to help us know how loved we are by your son Jesus in this Mass. Amen.